Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. All right, welcome back, everybody. Hour number two of Oilers Now, brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation. In this hour, at 135, former heavyweight champ of the NHL for contract equipment, Canada's premium heavy equipment dealer with rental and sales, George LaRocque. And momentarily, we're going to uh, hook up on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, River Cree Resort Casino, 780-496-0063. The River Cree Resort Casino Excitement Bet on it. We're going to hook up with A.J. Jakobic. He'll be our Oilers Now headliner today for Wilhock Beef Jerkies from the T- uh, TSN 1200 Ottawa. But not before, not before I read this text, because A.J.'s an Auburn fan. Uh, this text comes in, and it says, Bob, tell the powers to be at Chorus not to take... Uh, your show off the internet. That's how I listen in here in Alabama. I tried to tune into 6:30 Chet in my truck, and all I got was Patsy Klein songs out of some local Alabama station from Chris in Alabama. So just to confirm, the show is staying available once we go to five to seven. It'll be available, still streamed online, and we will podcast it. Is that correct? One hundred percent. As soon as seven p.m. Mountains up, we are getting that podcast up for you. All right. Uh, I've met Chris. He was kind enough to uh, visit with me in Nashville, and he uh, got me a Crimson Tide hoodie and a uh, Crimson Hide ball cap, and that would result in a fight the next time I see our next guest, uh, A.J. Jakobic, our Oilers Now headliner today for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-Y-L-H-A-U-K today. Well, actually, A.J., to be honest with you, at our age, I'd rather drink with you than fight with you. So, uh, would you be sporting the Auburn hat if I had the Alabama hat going on? Uh, I'd probably, uh, I'd do one better than that, and uh find my uh, Bo Jackson jersey hanging up. Uh, okay. You had to go you had to go down that path. You had to pick my favorite athlete of all time. Even he's not an Alabama Crimson Tide, he's an Auburn Tiger. Yeah, right. one of my favorites as well. One of the cool stories, I was broadcasting soccer in New York in 2014 and the Belmont Stakes happened to be the day before. And I, one of the one of the craziest events you can go to where Literally, it took, I, I can tell you, well, Stanley Cup final, game one was that night, the Rangers against the Kings. And by the time I left the Belmont Stakes, which of course preceded the Stanley Cup final being shown on NBC, and got into downtown Manhattan, that opening game went into double overtime or triple overtime, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And I got there right when overtime started. But the one good thing was, once I finally got onto the train, I happened to be sitting next to the person who was the producer of the 30 for 30 on Bo Jackson. And so I got about an hour and 45 minutes of chatting with her about different things, including Bo Jackson. Yeah. I mean, for our, maybe for our younger listeners, you know, like the, the beauty about YouTube, as an example, if you are a fan of the Canadian football league and you want an appreciation and a sense for history, like I had Tom Wilkinson when when I was the SID at the U of A, Tom Wilkinson was the the head coach. Of course, in the seventies, he was the star quarterback. He won the Shenley Award for the MVP. You can go on YouTube right now and watch the fifty four, fifty five, fifty six Grey Cup games, Edmonton and Montreal. You can see the nineteen sixty game with George Barrancato, Pete Chiarelli, uh since uh, passed away, father in law. 
uh, playing for the Ottawa Rough Riders before he coached against the Eskimos in the 81 Grey Cup. All those games are available, and you, of course, do the play-by-play for the Red Blacks. It's a great educational tool, but if you really want to get a sense of appreciation for how great Bo Jackson was, just go on YouTube, type up Bo Jackson football. It was on, and oh, by the way, it was an all-star baseball player. Have we ever seen a guy that fast, that big? What do you think? Oh, I mean, the running back position has changed so much in the NFL, but I, I mean, just so, like you said, so fast, so big, just so physically dominant. And it's unfortunate that his football career got cut short by the hip injury. But, it, I mean, just imagine someone that by the time they were a professional, their second sport was football, but that's their best sport, and they're still an all-star in the other sport. I don't think – I mean, Deion Sanders did some amazing things in two different sports as well, but when you lived it, when you watched it, there truly was only one Bo Jackson. It's incredible uh, what he was able to accomplish. You know, the 55 Grey Cup, Johnny uh, Bright, Normie Kwong and Johnny Bright and Jackie Parker were all in the same backfield at the same time. Parker was the quarterback of uh, of the team that year. Don Getty came in in 56. Uh, you know, played more in 56. He came out of Western Ontario, of course, later went on to be the premier of the province. But there, there was a toss from uh, Parker to Bright, and he went 40 yards and ran through like three tackles. Well, Bo Jackson had runs where he hit all-star safeties 15 yards down the field and got lower than them on the hits and ran right over them and never broke stride. Yeah. Exploded through the hits. Like, it was unbelievable what the guy could do. How much of a hit right now for Pierre Dorian? Is the Alex Dabrinka trade? What do you think? Well, you have to look at it two ways. In terms of the here and now, uh, given the circumstances, I, I think that's probably as good as he could have done yesterday. But the problem is what they paid. Uh, you're never going to get anywhere near the same value what they paid to get him, including the number seven overall pick last year. So. Uh, swing and a miss. Uh, they, they've done this organizationally, and it goes back beyond Pierre Dorian. It goes back to, to Brian Murray, where they've taken these swings. And, you know, you start with Daniel Alfredson when he left town after uh, the, the 2013 season. And what did they do? They took a swing, uh, gave up a first-round pick plus to bring in Bobby Ryan, extended him, and overpaid him. And... In the end, he had a pretty good playoff in 2017, but for the most part, it didn't work out. It certainly didn't work out in the Matt and Chain trade uh, after 2017 and the run that they had. Uh, it was a team that uh, there was too much infighting. Uh, they, they were past their prime and really had a run in, in 2017 that, that was unexpected. So to think that that group was going to get over the top with a Matthew Shane, it, it, uh, it failed spectacularly as well. So I, I do like what they did with Jacob Chikrin, but because Jacob Chikrin has local ties here and wants to be here, that was a different scenario altogether. And it just didn't seem like when, when you talk to people that Alex DeBrinket wanted to be traded in the first place and was overly happy about his situation. He didn't complain or pout or anything like that, but there was never any sense that this was a player who was going to sign with the Ottawa Senators long-term. So in the end, they're left with a pretty underwhelming deal yesterday and something that was nowhere near what they gave up for him, especially with that number seven overall pick that went 
the Chicago Blackhawks, which ended up being Kevin Korchanski. Yeah. Who, by the way, I think will be back with Seattle based on what I saw during the Memorial Cup. I don't see him in the NHL next season. I think he's with the uh, Thunderbirds next year. Uh, AJ Jackovic from TSN 1200 in Ottawa. He's our Oilers now headliner for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Uh, AJ is originally from Edmonton. AJ, you grew up at a time, uh, you know, where you certainly were aware that Doug White and Bill Guerin were American guys that liked playing at Edmonton. John Shannon just referenced, you know, he's at an event with Matt Schneider. Uh, along, who did he say, uh, Ron Hainsey, and said, ah, oh, there's no, you know, I don't think there's an issue with American players not wanting to play in Edmonton. And then Cactus Jack texts the show and said, oh, yeah, well, how come there's so many 17 no trade lists for some American players in the league? And that's a valid yeah. point. Are you concerned that, uh, you know, are, you know, now that said, the technically there's some American-born players that are going to excel in Ottawa's organization. I can think of a couple uh, defensemen, but they both have Canadian ties to their dads. you concerned about it? I mean, the Flames lost to Chuck. Uh, they lost Goodrow. They also saw uh, Adam Fox refuse to sign there, but he refused to sign in Carolina too. Give me your perspective on that. Yeah, well, it's interesting. You actually have four players that grew up. I mean, I mean, Jake Sanderson's a little bit different because he spent summers in Montana and he's an Alberta boy for the most part. But Jake Sanderson's dad, Jeff. Uh, you look at uh, Jacob Chickren's dad, uh, Jeff. You look at Josh Norris's dad, Dwayne, and of course uh, Brady Kachuk's dad. Uh, Keith, even though he's not Canadian, uh, an American, but all spent a significant amount of time in Canada. And and the good news is, uh, you know, two of those guys are signed long-term. You certainly get the sense that Jacob Chickren wants to sign long-term, and and I would think Jake Sanderson would as well. So I think from an Ottawa perspective, they should have a, a pretty good core of American guys with Canadian ties that are going to be here for a long time. But, you know, in terms of the overall issue across the country, you have to look at it. Uh, at teams in Canada, unfortunately, have to overpay to, to bring in free agents when all things are equal. And, and there's a lot of different reasons for it, whether it's climate, whether it's pressure, whether it's taxes. Uh, you know, I don't think the COVID situation, I mean, uh, uh-huh. we don't need to bring up what happened you know, over those two years, but I don't think that helped in terms of how, Canada dealt with it versus the United States and just the players' perspective when you talk to people. So, yeah, there, there's there's a lot of concerns in terms of when whoa, you see whoa, whoa. those. AJ, we're only allowed to think yeah. one way on that issue, aren't we? <laughs> we're not allowed. Yeah. We're not allowed to have critical thought on an issue and and do our own digging. We're supposed to think the way you know a certain percentage of the population wants us to think, aren't they? <laughs> Uh, I don't need to. I don't need to revisit how, especially in Ontario, is had. I'm I'm someone who had four shots and got it twice. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm not I'm not one that doesn't think it should have been handled. Uh, you, you look at Belarus and they they basically uh, tried to pretend that it it, uh, it didn't exist and it almost cost Lukashenko's presidency. But that's a different story altogether. But the bottom line is wow. Ontario was as bad as as pretty much any place on the planet in terms of restrictions. And, and I think that's part of the reason why the OHL has kind of gone downhill a little bit the last couple of years. They were the only league in the world that didn't play at all 
after that COVID year. And so um, still kind of dealing with the ramifications of that and, and just not playing sports, uh, as a lot of people here weren't doing for, you know, all the way into early 2022, as crazy as that sounds. But, but yeah, bottom line, when, when you look at the situation for Canadian teams, they have to overpay. To, to bring in veteran players and to bring in free agents uh, in a lot of different cases. Uh, in, in the end, if you've got a team like Edmonton that has two of the best players in the world and it's close to competing for a Stanley Cup, I think it's easier to attract certain players to play there. But, you know, for a team that's middling a little bit, if you've got options to play south of the border that are kind of a 50-50 split, what's going to be the difference? Well, probably that extra year or two in a contract that you don't want to give up. Maybe that's why Corpusalo, for example, signed for five years in Ottawa when maybe, uh, you know, the term should have been somewhere closer to three. So those are the types of swings that you have to make. If you're a Canadian team right now, I don't really know what the answer is, but uh, certainly when you look at the revenue being generated by Canadian teams um, and the fact that we're 30 years into a Stanley Cup drought, uh, you'd like to hope that, uh, you know, this side of the border won't be looked at in a negative fashion uh, uh, when, when it comes to, to, to the head office, which I think, you know, Gary Bettman has done a really good job of of keeping can- Canadian teams in this country, especially, you know, after Quebec and Winnipeg moved in the 90s. He's made it a priority, made it a priority to ensure that teams don't move wherever they are, certainly when you look at the Arizona situation. But I think he's been pretty good for Canada. But this is definitely something that is a problem around the league, in my opinion. And the, those no-trade lists, when you see seven Canadian teams on them so frequently, uh, that uh, tells a pretty good story. Yeah, it's a little bit disconcerting to me. AJ Jakubic joining us from TSN 1200 Ottawa. Uh, does the play-by-play of the Red Blacks, works on the Ottawa Senators pre and post. AJ, uh, tell me this. What would the appetite be in the Ottawa market uh, if they could go get Vladimir Tarasenko? Seemingly split. Um, I'll give you my take. I, I'm okay if it's a one-year deal. Um, it, it just, I made some calls uh, around the league and, and certainly seems like a player that in the last few years at times has been trouble uh, to get him motivated. Uh, certainly two seasons ago, he had 82 points in 75 games, so that showed that he, he can still play at a pretty high level when he wants to, but sometimes not always in the best of shape and sometimes not really motivated to play. So if you sign him to a long-term contract and he comes in and and essentially retires, even though he's still playing, uh, then that would be a problem uh, for the Ottawa Senators. So if it's a one-year deal, I I think he can manage that a little bit, and that would probably mean a motivated player coming in because I think when he wants to play, he he still can be a a pretty dynamic scorer in this league. But uh, you have to have concerns based on what we've seen and, and heard over the last three or four seasons uh, about uh, his, his desire to come in shape and, and be motivated and, and, and play to the level that uh, uh, can make him a successful player in the league. AJ, are you concerned about the CFL? I mean, you you grew up with the game. So, so did yeah. I. I yeah. got a lot of time for it. I don't watch it as much as I used to. You obviously watch it a ton because you're doing the games. What do you think? Yeah, uh, so here's the plus side. They've probably never had a stronger group of owners in the league. And you can debate just how well Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment has done and how much effort they've put into that franchise. 
but the reality is they're deep pockets and and certainly have had success in a lot of different leagues. You look at uh, Pelado in, in Montreal. You look at the group here with John Ruddy and Roger Greenberg. You look at Calgary and their sports and entertainment group. And Omar Dolman's been a breath of fresh air in Vancouver. So you've got deep-pocketed owners. And, and the other part, and I was talking to Dave Naylor about this last week. He was in town doing a couple of different features, including one on NFLer Jesse Lucetta. But just the, the infrastructure that they have in place. If the stadiums were in the same spot they were 30 years ago, where some of them were crumbling around the league, then I think it would be a much bigger concern. But with the investments that have been made in places like Winnipeg and Hamilton and Ottawa and Saskatchewan, even places like Edmonton and Vancouver with you know the refurbished stadiums at Commonwealth and BC Place, I, I feel like that's a positive as well. In terms of the uh, play on the field, yeah, it's a concern. I thought the play last year was better. Um, Winnipeg, a, a really good team. Again, Nathan Rourke uh, was fantastic to watch. He was a guy that each and every week, when BC was playing, when he was healthy, I made sure uh, to be in a spot where I could watch the game because he was must-see television. But the, the problem lies with the quarterback. There's great talent throughout the league but you need great talent at the quarterback position to make this a, a league that is worth watching week in, week out. And, and I think a lot of weeks there's still some good games, but, you know, last week, you know, that 12-11 game oh. Saskatchewan-Edmonton certainly a prime example of that. If you oh. don't have enough good quarterbacks to navigate things, given the talent, especially on the defensive side of the ball, then it, it's going to be a tough goal. I, I had some conversations. I talked to Bob Dice about this kind of off the air just about what they could do to, to help offense. And, and I'm a big believer and Canadian talent's going up. Uh, you see the amount of players going into the NFL. There's four or five guys a year now going into the NFL, a ton of players going into the NCAA. So talent in this country growing like it is in other sports like basketball and soccer and golf and tennis. But I'm a big believer that you, you look at teams and the way they they set up their teams week in, week out, and a lot of teams are dressing five or six Americans on the de- defensive side of the ball and one or two on the offensive side of the ball. I'd like to see a rule put in place where, at the bare minimum, you've got three Canadians on the field on both sides. So p- teams aren't stacking one side of the field uh, to make things much more difficult on the offenses. So uh, I don't know what the what the answer is. So, so maybe explain. Maybe ex- so. What you're saying is yeah. they, they got a bunch of Canadian offensive linemen and they got a Canadian slot, and that's why you end up more with more Canadians on the offensive side. And then you've got more Americans who are, you know, I think we can infer are might, might have a, you know, they've got more football background, right? That's and, and so well, they're just deeper there too, right? That's the bottom line. There, there's just so much depth, and even if you're starting seven Canadians uh, with with the injuries that take place, you're you're not finishing the season with seven. You're, you know, who's your twelfth and thirteenth best Canadian? Because that. By yeah. the end of the year is what matters more when you're talking about injuries. There's just there's just more depth when it comes to players. So, but but the quarterback situation is look. Uh, it starts with the fact that the NFL is using a lot of quarterbacks that 30 35 years ago would have been coming to the Canadian Football League, whether yes. it's more athletic, whether it's shorter quarterbacks. Um, so so that's where it starts, and and having the XFL and the USFL 
that's 48 quarterbacks because there's 16 teams times three. That's 48 quarterbacks. Ottawa's got a guy who played last week. I think he's got some good pedigree, Dustin Crum. Those types of guys, he was max player of the year at Kent State. He was playing against Nathan Rourke, went to the Kansas City Chiefs camp, and when he was done in Kansas City, he came straight up to Ottawa, straight up to the Canadian Football League. And, and that's the type of players that they need to keep bringing up here. The problem is those types of players that are getting cut from the NFL now are going a lot of times to the XFL and the USFL, not because the money's better, but because they view that as a better opportunity to get back to the NFL where clearly the money is a lot better. So that is an issue that has to be solved. Again, the talent in terms of the rest of the positions around the league I think is as good as it's ever been. But the problem is with the quarterback position, and if you don't have the quarterback position right, you're going to get, unfortunately, I mean, hopefully not too many more 12-11 football games, but more defensive games than, than what we, we grew up with, Bob. You and I were, you know, you think of the 80s and 90s, a lot of 42-39 games. Heck, even seven years ago, 2015, eight years ago, when Ottawa and Edmonton played in the Grey Cup, I was looking back at the scores that year because that's one of the most entertaining years I've ever been involved in any sport, yep. covering that, that Red Blacks team. And, you know, Henry Burris was the quarterback, and, and they were scoring high 30s into the 40s uh, almost every week. It, it was a lot of fun to watch. And, you know, you still had Henry Burris and uh, Mike Riley and Bo Levi Mitchell when, when he was fully healthy and, and younger and in his prime and Ricky Ray. And you, you had great quarterbacks around the league, but just that depth has really it's been not hard. And, and it's definitely the product of suffering. Great stuff, AJ. Thank you for joining us here in Oilers Now. Yeah, my pleasure, Bob. Take care. You bet. It is 127 in Edmonton. Great news from our friends at Brent Ridgeport. They've just received the largest allocation of trucks and SUVs that they've had in years. Most of these units are scheduled to be built in August for fall delivery. With interest rates as low as 0.99%, now is the time to order your F-150 or SUV. If you want to be treated fairly at every level of vehicle ownership, you can reach Rich, Johnny, or Uncle Milt, 780 Brent Ridge Ford is your Ford truck authority on the auto mile in Wetaskiwin. And I uh, can also mention to you that guests on orders now receive gift cards to Japanese Village. Japanese Village is Edmonton's favorite teppanyaki steak restaurant. Book your celebration for the senses at jvedmonton.ca now with a brand new location, 3975 Calgary Trail. George LaRock is coming up at 135 for contract equipment. Up next, though, a global news weather traffic update at 128 uh, in Edmonton with Randy Kilburn.